the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, how about how about we talk a little Apple? I'm sure that's on some people's mind. How about we throw in a little bit of what the stock market's doing? Yesterday, we kind of didn't really follow... We didn't we didn't hit eight up days kind of thing. You know, we we kind of got back to normal. How's it make you feel? Are you okay with that? Um, it's funny. I work at a news station, and I came on live yesterday at 5:45 to talk about Apple's earnings and Facebook earnings. I usually work mostly in the mornings, but when there's a big Bay Area story, I I come in live, and um. The headline was read, markets pulled back after bad earnings. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't see that, I didn't see that story. Did you? I saw a market that was up seven, eight days in a row, and quite honestly, how far can it go? If the markets were up every single day, every single year, you'd have nothing but winners. And something quite doesn't add up in utopias. Anytime you see a movie where, or a Star Trek episode... We are happy. We share everything. We are plentiful and bountiful. Please, take this beautiful green woman and kiss her. Anytime you see something like that, it's time to run because something bad's going on. It's called a utopian society. Something that, it's like children are down underneath the subterranean earths, you know, with hammers and sickles and, and crafting and mining and something's going wrong. Okay, okay. So I'm totally off track. Um, GM, profit falls 82%, hurt by recalls, but they beat expectations. <laughs> Poor GM. Can't do a story now without them alarming a car crash. With that said, there is a human tragedy element to their recall that is it's subversive. It's, it's problems. Um, internal documents show that they knew there was a problem and... People had to die. Um, usually you have some insurance that you have to eat when you do a recall. It's going to be interesting to see how that story continues to unfold, right? Let's take a quick look at the market numbers today. We've got the S&P 500 down 3, the Dow's down 34, the NASDAQ down 13. Oh... Where do we start today? Apple and Facebook delivered welcome earnings surprises after the close yesterday. It was really, quite honestly, I'm going to go through some of this. Hold on a second. Let me grab my notes. Literally grabbing notes. Um, Apple, strongest non-holiday quarter ever. Guides, third quarter revenues, gross margins in line. So... Even though we just closed the first quarter calendar year, they're on a different calendar year than us. They raised their dividend 8%, plan to do so annually. They raised their buyback 50% to $90 billion. Um, that's a pretty big buyback. They talked about using the debt market to deliver some of this um, goodness in the future, per se. So that's going to be interesting to watch. And what I mean by that is a lot of people look at Microsoft and they go, it's a bank. They print money. 
you know, they, they don't have a lot of growth, but they print money. Microsoft reports tonight, by the way. And Apple should get to the point where it's pretty similar unless they continue to innovate. And we haven't seen a lot of innovation from them, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Their CapEx has been, or their research and development has been tripled in the last three years. So it's either a horrible return on investment, they need to stop doing it, and or they're going to come up with something pretty innovative. Apple's up $37 today, $562 a share. Now, that's not in of itself like the end-all, be-all story of the day. Like back in the end of December last year, you know what, four months ago, it was at 567 so it's just under that. Now, it's a nice story, and 2013 was a nice recovery year after 2012 was a, a slump year for the stock. You take a look at it, and you see a market cap of $502 billion, and they're doing a you know, $90 billion buyback. So they're trying to buy back about 20% of their shares. That's material. Two-thirds of iPads were new to iPad. Two-thirds of iPads being bought were new to iPad. So they're gaining platform and Pi, and we all love Pi. Half of the iPhone were new to the iPhone. iPad has 95% of the education tablet market. That's impressive. When I was growing up, you know, uh, the computers in schools, were they cool or not cool? There was always that, you know, angle with them. And a lot of people, when they use an Apple product, they stick with an Apple product because they get very comfortable with it. There's a barrier to entry that Microsoft had for so many years of the, we kind of understand what Windows is all about. And Google is destroying Windows by giving away Chrome for free. And people are saying, hey, there's not that much difference between these. Um, Strong performance for MacBook Pro, MacBook Air. Mac gained share. iPad is over, uh, I already said that, 95% of the education market. But the enterprise, 98% of Fortune 500, 98% iPad users. Now, again, that doesn't mean it sticks around forever. You know, again, Microsoft had something that was sticking around forever until Google disrupted it. Um, I think I've about beaten the snot out of Apple. China, $10 billion this quarter. That has room to grow for sure. iPad sales missed expectations. They're saying last year they stuffed the channel, and they had problems with the iPad mini versus the iPad. Uh, they seem to have an explanation for it that most people went with. Facebook revenue is up 72% to $2.5 billion. It's a pretty nice beat from $2.3 billion expectations. Earnings beat huge, $0.34 cents versus expectations, $0.24. Cents. Revenue from advertising up 82% to $2.2 billion. Monthly average users, $1.28 billion. Payments uh, revenues, $237 million. So we've got a payment revenue angle. That's interesting to note. My favorite stat about Facebook's earnings yesterday was the average revenue per user was $0.65 cents, um, during the quarter up from $0.40 cents a year ago. So you start doing the, ma- the math on 1.2 billion users, and they're making $0.65 cents off per user. I, I, they said, um, strong performance across all advertising segments. Feedback from advertisers has been positive. They're losing their CFO. No big deal. Um, it seems like startup company makes billions and billions of dollars, time to cash out your options and go live life and do what you really want to do. Um, The one thing that they said in their conference call that was, I think, a flag to be noting, and I own shares of Facebook, is that the comps are going to get more challenging over the rest of 2014 because 2012, they really, really ramped to get into mobile. They were a desktop company, and they really, really ramped. So that paid off. But now the rate of return on that payoff is going to be less going forward. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Don't forget, i get a big event coming up this Saturday in Burlingame. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Two events in Burlingame on Saturday. 
separate himself from Steve Jobs. It has to be about new products in the back half of this year. Zimmer Holdings up 15%. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Got a big event coming up this weekend in Burlingame. I'd love to see you come out for it. I'm going to be working into the wee hours tonight, preparing for the event. Um, I'm doing an event new to me called the 20 Steps to Financial Freedom. Tomorrow I'm doing uh same day, Saturday, the 26th. I'm doing that from 9 to noon. And I'm going to throw in a lot of hints, tips, and everything that I can find that help is helpful. Uh, like, you don't want variable life insurance. And I'll tell you why. And I'm going to tell it to you fast, and I'm going to tell it to you quickly. And it's stunning to me how many people get variable life insurance. And I heard a conversation from a broker yesterday, ex-broker, ex-life insurance broker. And she said, yeah, our company told us to push it, so we pushed it, and we didn't really know what it was. And then six, seven years later, people would call up and say, I've saved so little money. What a waste. And you told me that that was what to do. Shame on you. Anyhow, um, I'm going to do everything I can. And in the afternoon, I'm going to be doing an event with CFP Chad Burton. He's going to run this one. It's this estate planning and income and retirement event. You can find out more about both these events in Burlingame Saturday coming up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. The S&P 500 is down 3. The Dow is down 34. The NASDAQ down 13. Joining us today, Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's my personal mortgage lender. He's done a couple refis for me, a couple purchases as well. Um, on top of that, he could do home equity lines of credit, and he's a mortgage lender. Tony, let's talk about ARMS, and I'm not talking about the things with fingers at the end. I'm talking about adjustable rate mortgages. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a lot of people into trouble because they're buying too much house in the 2000s, and they're using adjustable rate mortgages to get the lowest right. possible mortgage rate. So they kind of have a bad name. Yeah, they still have that name. And unfortunately, the bad loan the NEGAM loan or negative amortization loan was tied to ARMS. Okay. And that's why ARMS got a bad rap. ARMS have a great use in the, in the market, primarily because they have a shorter or a lower interest rate than a 30-year fixed. And you can almost conform that to the time frame that you're going to stay in the property. Uh, a, a lot of investors use them as well because it can improve their cash flow. So there's a great use for ARMS, but it's not for everybody. Um, we did get that bad rap over the last few years, uh, starting in 2007, you know, kind of 2008, and it scared a lot of people away. We arm usage in the Bay Area dropped below 5%. Okay. Historically, in the Bay Area, it's as high as 40%. Right now, we're sitting about 19%. So it is creeping back up, um, and we're also seeing rates rising on the 30-year fix. So people are going to start gravitating towards the arm. Um, but before you do, make sure it fits what you need. Now, what's that mean? It means, it, it, is it going to fit your timeline? Are okay. you aware of the risks involved? Do you even know how an arm works? Uh, do you know what the index is? Do you know what the margin is? Okay, so there's all so many let's things that the, people... Let's start with the time. Adjustable rate mortgage comes in... Terms. Three, three years, mm-hmm. One year, years, three year, five year, seven year, ten year terms. Okay. Um, and based on what's going on in the bond market and the treasuries, will determine whether or not the five-year might be priced better than seven. But no matter what, it's got to fit your time frame because if you stay in your house longer than that fixed term, you're going to risk that rate becoming what they call fully adjustable, and it'll adjust to the index that the arm is tied to or the rate is tied to, which is the margin and the index combined together. So you could be tied to an index that's fluctuating dramatically by the time you become adjustable and your rate could drop, uh, increase significantly, which okay. would raise your, your, and your mortgage payment goes up. So if you're a Facebook engineer, if you're an engineer and like you're 20-something, there's a good chance like you may want to go to New York in 10 years. You may, like an arm might be appropriate if you right. think you're going to be kind of a traveling cowboy right? take your business elsewhere. Yeah, and, and for those people who are going, oh, arms, arms, we're not promoting arms, we're promoting arms as a 
um, as an alternative to the 30-year fix to help you save money. Yep. We've run scenarios, and I know that you know this person personally, where they saved $25,000 over a five-year period because they decided to take an arm instead, and they were getting a large inheritance where they're going to pay off the house and, and stay in the house. So there are other scenarios in which case this will use um, it, 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 the best use. But, yeah, for the example of the person that's going to be moving or a person that's young, they, they say, you know, this is my starter home. I'm going to sell it. Build some equity. Why would you get a 30-year fixed at a rate that's one percent higher? You're you're paying on a four hundred thousand dollar loan. That's that's almost three thousand dollars a year more. Why would you pay three thousand dollars a year more when you know you're going to be selling your house before this loan becomes uh, adjustable? So the easiest example of this is thirty-somethings who are just getting married before they have kids. They should probably get a seven-year arm if they think, as a couple, we're trying to have kids. We're actively going to make babies. Um, and we're going to need a bigger home down the road. We're going to have to sell this home. An arm, seven-year arm yeah. is perfect for them. Yeah, and, and again, it, it's difficult to hear, actually hear you saying this because you've been pretty conservative as far as what you advise people to do or, or suggest people to do. 30-year fix was great when it was at 3.5%. It's great when it's 4%. It's great when it's 45 But as rates go up, you're just going to start seeing the arms are the only way that you can get a rate that's, uh, uh, and payment that's going to be manageable. How much, lower, how much lower can someone pay? I know a 15-year mortgage is a lower rate than a 30-year mortgage. Right. Because the bank's going to get their money sooner. Right. Is the basic idea. And they can t- track it to the 10-year treasury versus the 30-year. Right. Um, and they don't have to adjust as much for inflation in the way they're getting their money back. We've got about a minute left. How much lower can people expect a 7-year and a 5-year adjustable rate mortgage to be in this current market? About three three quarters of a percent. Okay, so like a, maybe a four percent would be down to three and a quarter. If a thirty years at four percent, you're talking about an arm being at three. It, and a it dep- also depends on the, the length of the term and, and what's pricing better. And that's something that you just have to sit down with your and look at your credit score, look at the equity, and see what works. You have to run the same scenario. It's not always going to work for everybody, but it can work for some people. Um, again, the, the basic rule is when rates are low, you get the, fi- th- the longest fixed term you can, usually thirty year, um, and arms when rates are going up. It's obviously a complex scenario. You do need to talk with a mortgage lender. You do need to run scenarios. If they're not running scenarios for you, they should. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. So yesterday, Apple reports numbers, and they decide to do a seven-for-one stock split. What's interesting to note about that is it looks perfectly positioned to join the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It's price-weighted index. It's an odd stock split. Um, the Dow Jones Invest, uh, in the index committee, the Dow index committee, is the right way of saying that, looks to add a new member. Um, you know, the price would have been problematic. Now the price would be perfect. So that stock split, you know, the stock's going to be closer to $75 than it is to 750 And on a price-weighted index, 750 would have been a, a great problem would have too much influence. So, does it happen? It's speculation at this point in time. We need Apple to focus on innovation and not financial engineering. Big event coming up Saturday in the Bay Area. Going to be doing a Berlin Game event. You can sign up for the initiative 20 Steps to Financial Freedom, April 26th in Berlin Game, or the Wealth and Income Align Retirement Goals with Your Estate Plan. That's April 26th on the Peninsula. In Burlingame, sign up for the event at robblack.com. District 707-285-2200 or at MS Mosquito. Hey, everybody. Rachel. Claims did advance by 24,000. Clothing maker Under Armour down the... I think I found something in my TV screen. I think I found out. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. A lot of fascinating things out there. For instance, I see American Airlines has a market cap of $17 billion and they got $10 billion in cash. And every flight I get on seems to be jam-packed full of people. Speaking of fascinating people, let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. 
How are you, Mr. Burton? Doing well. Not, not feeling too fascinating today, though. Oh, come more on. Sleep. <laughs> you and your sleep, mortal. <laughs> or lack thereof today. The other night I had less than an hour, and I still performed. Yeah, those are tough days, huh? At the end hour. of the show, at the end of the show, I got a golf clap. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a long one tonight because I got to prep for that event on Saturday. Um, you'll be at Burling Game. You're gonna be running the one to four event. Uh, what's the primary focus of what you're gonna be talking about? Well, in, in the morning when I talk, um, you obviously run most of that session, but I'll actually go through, uh, you know, most of people's assets before they need to hire any kind of financial advisor. They need to max out their 401k, max out their Roth IRA. You'll talk about budgeting and insurance issues like that, but I'm going to talk about how people should really go about looking at the choices inside their 401k because this is where a lot of mistakes are made where people go pick the funds that are doing well right now instead of picking the funds that are on sale. So I'll talk about that and also just how to do rollovers. Um, I was just helping a friend do a rollover from an old 403B where they were a nurse to um, the new plan where they work now, which is a 401K. And they actually got the wrong advice. They called in and said, can I roll my 403B to my new 401K? And the first person they talked to said no. She asked me about it. I said, that's not the case. We called back, got somebody else on the line, told them exactly what was going on. So, you know, people get confusing answers. And rollovers are supposed to be easy. Uh, I was talking. Talk about really how to do that rollover. Um, give them some steps to, to go about. Because one of the first things you want to do to get organized is get your accounts consolidated so you can keep an eye on your asset allocation. I was talking with a secretary here at the television station, and we, our company got bought out recently, and they changed 401K plans. And she's like, can I switch my 401K to a Roth IRA? Because that sounds good, not paying taxes. I'm like, you could do it. You'll probably go to jail. You could try to do it. And uh, it, it's it's... Stunning how much of a lack of financial education literacy yeah. there is. So, well, it's odd because there you can actually do in-plan 401k regular uh, accounts into in-plan 401k Roth conversions. Right. So there are most plans aren't allowing that yet because they're allowing Roth contributions into the 401k. Um, but what people get caught on all the time is they'll do a IRA or a 401k conversion to a Roth. Right. And they think, oh, okay, there you go, and, and you're done. But you have to pay the taxes out of another account. You have to have a lot of cash on the sidelines in order to do Roth conversions. That's why they typically only make sense for people that are, you know, between the age of retirement and age 70 and a half, which I talked about, and I'll talk about the event in, in the evening, how Roth conversions from the period of when you retire to age 70 and a half are key. And for wealthier people that are trying to leave a tax-free legacy to their heirs, Roth conversions continuing on throughout their retirement um, by managing their tax bracket. So, in other words, I look at a lot of people's tax returns in retirement. They have IRAs because you know, maybe they're lucky, they're wealthy, they have an IRA that they aren't they're really going to use. So they want to leave it to their kids or even better, their grandkids. And they can convert maybe still another 30000 each year and stay at the same tax bracket because there's such a wide range at each, each tax bracket. Um, and... Their kids are at a higher bracket. Their grandkids are at an even higher bracket. So why not convert a little bit each year? And then if you leave it to your family, they can enroll it into an inherited Roth IRA and stretch out tax-free earnings for the rest of their lives. It's a pretty powerful tool. Okay, so back to the event. You're speaking in Burlingame, 1 to 4 o'clock, talking about some income strategies, some estate planning, how they coincide with each other. Yeah. One part of estate planning is charitable giving. And it took me... In Late in life, to later in life, for me to really grasp charitable giving. I like doing charity work, but charitable giving is a different concept. Tell me a little bit more about family management of charitable giving of your estate. Well, yeah, and it's it's so powerful because I think anybody that um, you know does significant amount of giving will tell you that they tend to get back more than what they give. It's just kind of one of those I don't know, call it the Oprah Winfrey secret book. I don't know, but. Um, it, it, it just rings true throughout all the people that I've worked with in, in the you know 21 years I've been doing this. It seems like the more they give, the more wealth is created somewhere else. Right. And so one of the things that you can do is just look at overall family tax bracket management. And let's go back to the IRA, for example. Let's say you've got an IRA. You don't really need to use it. You're taking your required minimum distributions out each year, um, and you could 
A, convert it to a Roth and leave it to your kids, or even better, you've got a charity or a church that you really want to benefit when you pass, leave the IRA to that charity. They won't pay any taxes on that money. And then what you do is you can take basically the minimum required distributions that you're going to have to take out each year and send that to what's called an islet or an irrevocable life insurance trust that buys life insurance on you and your spouse that pays off when the second one passes. And an equal amount of life insurance that equals the amount of the IRA will go to your kids totally tax-free, free of the state taxes, no state income taxes, no federal taxes. It's one of the few times when permanent insurance for, makes sense. 99% of the population, buy term and invest the difference. Wealthy people can look at some of these other strategies if they're really trying to maximize the benefits to their charities and maximize the benefits to their kids. See, I'm going to outsmart you. I'm going to make so much money in my career that I'm going to cryogenically freeze myself and come back to life and thus give the charitable giving to myself. No, it's, you know, you're just going to end up like a head in a jar like in Futurama. <laughs> That, that's I would I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> With that said, it's CFP Chad Burton. Listen to his shows daily here on KDOW from one to two. Also, know that he's going to be running an event Saturday from one to four. Wealth and income align retirement goals with your estate plan. Double tree by Hilton Hotel. You can learn more about this event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's a very, very powerful. It's only five dollars to get this powerful information. We'll take a break here. Be right back. Kapelka at 408-947-7600 for Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black, focusing on wealth, focusing on retirement, focusing on making sure you have enough to last till the day you die. I think that's a big concern. It's not just my big concern. It's a big concern that others should have. A million dollars isn't what it used to be. And that's sad. It's disturbing. It's wrong. It's getting by on a million dollars. It's a fascinating concept. One of the reasons I do seminars and events is I try to educate people on what you need. So that when you're 60, 70, 80 years old, you don't come crying Wah, I live in a trailer. Um, Wah, I eat beanie weenies. I don't even know what a beanie weenie is, to be quite honest with you. Now, you have no problems if you've got a billion. But a million dollars isn't cool. You know what's cool? A billion dollars. Quick, quick, name that movie. Social Network. So... To have saved a million dollars for retirement puts you in a rarefied company. 10% of savers have reached that threshold. Now, inflation, of course, is the one reason that a million dollars isn't cool as it used to be. Rise in health care costs each and every year. Component of inflation that threatens retirees the most. Medical bills will eat up any Social Security you get quickly. Due to a combination of low interest rates, the ability to save money in the bank just isn't there like it used to be. Two stock market crashes in 2000s, a lot of people spooked out of the market and their wealth evaporated. Had they stayed in, it would have been right back where it was, and then some. The amount that most financial advisors believe a retiree should save so that they could safely pull forty to $50,000 of money out of the stock market is a million dollars. So, a million dollars is going to pay you forty to fifty thousand dollars a year. It's not a lot. It's probably enough. We could make 
that work. But it may mean live, having roommates. It may mean having lower quality of life. It may mean fewer traveling than you expected in retirement. Can a retiree live on $50,000 a year? And it depends on where you live. You know, is it St. Louis or St. Tropez? Do you travel or not travel? Will you be mostly sick or mostly healthy? So if you answer, you know, on the spendier side of that, a million dollars isn't enough. So Social Security is not dead yet, but it doesn't have as much bang for its buck as it was once uh, imagined. If you've accumulated a million dollars in assets, which 10% of people have, and again, 90% haven't, and that basically is going to tell you that they're not doing vacations. They're not, you know, they're they're not comfortable. But if you have enough to create a million dollars, you probably create about forty thousand dollars in benefits. So between forty thousand and fifty thousand, with that nest egg kicking off income, and another forty thousand dollars in social security benefits, suddenly you're starting to get into the right place. Now, will Uncle Sam take an axe to the benefits in mid twenty thirties? I don't know. Will home equity be part of your solution? Maybe. A lot of people want to leave the house to their kids and not live off the house. Reverse mortgages. Living off the equity in your house. It's becoming much more popular as boomers retire. So you thought you were going to get the house from mom and dad? Uh Uh-uh. Many American retirees have also responded to the stress of living in America. If I go to Latin America, Southeast Asia, and Europe, you'll always have Panama. You can retire overseas on less than $25,000 a year. Is that what you want? And for some people, that sounds like a tropical vacation. Um, I don't know. Do you have enough to retire, I think, is the question that we have to ask again and again and again. Now, let's go from that topic to a more fun, sexy topic. How much money do big tech companies make in just one second? It's shocking. Google, well, let's go with the king. Apple makes $1,997 in one second. So in 10 seconds, you can quickly do the math, and it's like $50,000 in profits. eBay is tiny. They're at like 180 bucks a second. But in 10 seconds, eBay makes what? 37, 38, $4,000. Um, you can continue to do the math. Google makes $658 a second. Facebook makes $81 a second. And then you look at someone like HP, and they're not bad. $276 a second. Amazon, $40 a second. LinkedIn, $1 a second. <laughs> Boo! In revenue, Apple does $9,200 a second. Stunning. That's why you have to expose, when you're younger, some of your money to the growth of profits and revenue that come with owning shares of companies that are tech-related. Again, you have to learn to do it right. I was asked by someone yesterday who's got $2,000 to invest in stock, and I said... I'd consider Apple, Microsoft, I'd consider Google, I'd consider Facebook. You're not going to get a lot of income, and it's a non-retirement account, which implies that it's going to be taxable, which implies you don't want to create a lot of income in it. Big event, and again, if you do pay income tax, I'm okay with it, but trying to create efficiencies. I think those companies that I mentioned all will do okay. Some better than others. Some will be more income than others. 20 Steps to Financial Freedom. I'm doing an event this weekend in Burlingame at the Doubletree Hotel. It's confusing as all heck. Doubletree by Hilton Hotel. It's close to the San Francisco airport, but it's Burlingame. So it's April 26, 9 to noon. I'm going to do 20 Steps to Financial Freedom. And then I'm going to go through all my book notes and, and see what tips and hints I can throw out you. From the afternoon session, CFP Chad Burton's going to be running the line in your retirement goals with your estate plan. Look, 
if you live in the Bay Area and you've worked in the Bay Area and you've done your 401k in the Bay Area and you scrapped by and got a house in the Bay Area, you've got an estate. How, how do you want to leave that money to your children? I had a friend die last year. He was once a super fat guy and then he lost a lot of weight. But he kicked it over dead in the middle of the night. He was kind of a sad guy, so I don't know if he had a broken heart or what, but he was my age. Could happen to me right now. A friend of mine was a nanny, and she was crossing the street with two kids, and car ran into all three of them. They all lived, but they all have like messed up bodies now. Strange things happen. Heard a story yesterday on 85. A car gets into a car crash, goes over the railing, lands on another car, kills an eight-year-old kid. So we all die. Sadly, some of us earlier than others. How do you leave your money in your estate to your children without spoiling them? And trust me, I'll, you know, my personal example, my dad wasn't rich. But had they given me a lot of money when I was 18 years old from dying, I would have spent it all. How do you protect your children's money and assets that you leave them from a bad divorce? What is an eyelid? It's not an eyelid. It's an irrevocable life insurance angle. You can learn more about this 1 to 4 on Saturday. It's probably one of our last Saturday events. You can sign up for the events at robblack.com. It's Rob Black. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Traffic brought to you by Liberty Safes of San Jose. Heavy traffic on the Bay Bridge, 80 westbound between the maze and the metering lights. You're looking at 20-minute delays here as you're backed up through the maze. Westbound 80 backed up onto Carlson Boulevard in Richmond. 580 backed up to Highway 24. Securing firearms and protecting economic growth during the quarter. But jobless claims... Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I pride myself on that. You have relationship problems? Let's talk about it. A friend of mine is getting married and has been asked to participate in a prenup. And one of the pieces of advice that I threw out instantly was, you know, make sure everyone's calm. You know, don't do it when anyone's drunk. Don't get offended. Um, already sake from the fact that it's going to be a two-to-week, four-week process, so don't do it the week of the wedding. If one person's lawyering up, both people should lawyer up. Therefore, I think neither should lawyer up. Start with an inventory of your assets before you're married and, and what it means to you and why. When Nike was founded in 1964, just 4% of U.S. footwear was imported. So 96% was made in the U.S. Five decades later, 98% is imported. That's why I like Nike. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers today. Or let's not take a look at the market numbers. Let's bring in our good friend Tony Mendez. Joining me now... Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's a mortgage lender. He's my mortgage lender. I've done a couple refis with him. I've done a couple new purchases with him. So I know that it's a process, and it's good to have someone that you trust. He's someone that I trust. Therefore, you can trust. Hi, Rob. Tony Mendez, you're here to talk today. Home improvement. Um, I bought a house that needed some work. Um, I fortunately had cash to fund it. Um, I don't think the work was worth it. But some people like to improve their homes. I myself would go with a gold toilet because sitting on a gold toilet is all that and more. But new kitchen to me, eh. Person that buys my house is going to say, I don't like that tile. Yeah. So I'm, I'm cautious about it, my and, home it, But you might be wrong that there is a percentage, uh, 92% as a matter of fact, saying that um, kitchens are get the best return on your investment. Kitchen remodels. See, I disagree with right that. Right up there with siding. Siding is a little bit higher, 92.8%. Yeah. But small kitchen remodels, they're, they're specific at that small remodels always will give you a better return than big remodels. Because big remodels usually mean that you're putting more of your personal 
taste into it. Right. When remodel should be the basics. Bathrooms, you know, new tiles on the floor, nothing fancy, no fancy gold toilets. Okay, let's stay with kitchen for a second. Kitchen. So, like, a new gas stove is better than an electric stove. That's right. an improvement that I can back. Upgrades, yes. Right. New refrigerator that saves energy is something that people instantly say, that's a nice-looking refrigerator. Right. Whereas tile and cabinets in particular, sometimes they change. You know, the taste today is not the same taste in 10 years. So you tend not to get the best bang for your buck. Bathroom, I hear, is the best bang for your buck. If you do, like, a spa shower, people love spa showers. Um, so spend a little money there versus uh Well, there's two things that cabinets. that people look at. Tell me. There's uh, what they call your curb appeal. Okay. And that's why siding is the, one of the number one spots as far as the kind of improvements that you do. Okay. Uh, and then the kitchen. That's because of the family-oriented part of a single-family residence, and that would be the people who cook in the house. We'll go right to the kitchen because that's the main activity, and you're going to get more sight inside the, uh, the property. Okay. So those two reasons um, is why those are on the top. Anything else, uh, like replacing roofs and windows, they get a lot less return, uh, lower than 80% per dollar. So you have to be really careful about what you do. Um, and there's two reasons why people would do a remodel on their house. One, for necessity. And two, to resell their house and probably get some more money on their return. Um, if I was to resell a house, if I was for the purpose of reselling a house, I would do very little improvements that were not a necessity. Okay. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, it's, there's, when you sell your house, for example, your house, I've been to your house, you don't need to do much to it. Right. Paint. Maybe a new rug in one of the rooms. But you don't have to do any kind of kitchen remodel or any bathroom remodel. They'll leave that up to the new buyer, especially in this kind of market. We're in a seller's market right now. Homes that are in distress are getting top dollar. And I think, it's a, I think that if you're competing against 20, 30 other homes, yeah, maybe you want to spruce it up and maybe do some special things, but not in this type of market when we're limited in the inventory. You know what I would do if I wanted to improve my home value? I would build an addition. I want to do a teardown. I try to get some square footage on a second level. Uh, maybe tear down half of my house and build up. I, I'd be really questionable about that because I know. that's even a more expensive type of upgrade, and you're putting more personal taste into the design. Well, and you may be eliminating more, more unless you're, you know exactly what these people want. Most homes in the Bay Area sell on one thing. Square footage. The no, comparable, I would disagree. Really? I would say location. Well, locate, I think we're saying the same term. In your location, you're going to compare square footage to my house to the house next to me. That's how companies like Zillow work. Right. They see you have a 1,600-square-foot house. They see what the 2,000-square-foot house sold for, and then they factor in 25% less house. Mm-hmm. Um, so square footage is a large part of the comparables that come in to set the price of your home. So, to me, if you can add square footage at the right rate, so figure out what your homes are going for in your neighborhood, and then take that extra square footage you're going to add and multiply it, and if you can get it in that ballpark, you yeah, as long as you don't go too big, because you, you don't want to be the biggest house on your street. I agree. Because you're going to fall harder than anybody else. Your low, the smaller homes will dictate the price in your neighborhood as opposed to the higher, the bigger homes. Anything else that we need to know about... This concept of improving your home. You know, it's, it, I think it's all about personal taste. I think where people make the biggest mistake is they get the money from the wrong place. They, okay. they, they get too many home equity lines of credit, and they open it for too much, and they never pay it back. Yep. Um, they think that uh, improving a $25,000, $30,000 kitchen uh, is like, oh, we need it, but we'll just take it out of the house. They still got to make payments on it. Yeah, I don't look at home equity line of credit as anything other than your piggy bank that you're taking from. I would only take a home equity line of credit if you can, if you know that you can pay it back in a certain period of time. That's Tony Mendez. You can find him at bayarealonesource.com. That's bayarealonesource.com. Taco Bell launching an upscale Mexican chain. Can I no make this up? Taco Bell. Southern style fried chicken breast with south of the border gravy. Roasted corn, pico de gallo, jalapeno, cilantro, um, lobster, garlic butter for the one percenter, brotherly love, carne asada steak, dipping sauces for your fries. First, um, there's going to be ten different types of tacos, each priced about four bucks. Average checks expected to be twelve bucks with a drink, milkshakes. Um, interesting, right? An upscale Mexican chain. Chipotle has to be eating into some of Taco Bell's taco business. 
So Taco Bell fighting back. Um, what is the name of the company going to be called? Um, U.S. Taco Company and Urban Tap Room. Yeah. So anyway, just go with that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516. Oh, and you can even get a Guinness or a Mexican beer there. I'm into it. A Mexican car bomb. First one opens up in Huntington Beach. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Don't forget about the event coming up. Sign up at robblack.com. Thanks for listening to the show. Big event coming up Saturday in Burlingame. I'm going to be doing a new event. I'll ask the attendees if they like the content, kind of steering away from the Money 101. This is still very you know, beginner-oriented, but a little bit more lesson-oriented as well. And I'd say there's some overlap, for sure. 20 Steps to Financial Freedom, Double Tree by Hilton Hotel. I'm going to go over 20 easy steps. I'm going to also scour my notes. Uh, and find some, a lot of hints, tips, and tricks for you. I think some of the genius things, some of the stories that I've found fascinating in the past, you know, just dumb things like pay attention to the Dow Jones Transports Index. How it's doing is a predictor of how the future economy is doing. Yesterday I talked to Jeff Rosen, Dr. Jeff Rosen, and he did a really nice breakdown of why existing home sales and new home sales are so different. And building permits and uh, how they affect different ties of our economy and where your dollars might see the best investment angles. I posted that interview, as I post all of the interviews, at Facebook, at Twitter. You can go to my Facebook page. It's Cron4 Rob Black, Caro and 4 Rob Black, or the group I Hate Rob Black. You can also um, find it at Twitter, Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. So join in. Have some conversations. Kiss a girl. Um, so big event coming up on Saturday, 1 to 4, 20 steps. I'm going to run that. In the afternoon, CFP Chad Burton is going to run the event. His event is more towards estate planning. Things uh, that we don't really necessarily want to talk about, dying. And getting old and living off that income while you're old. I've got some family members that their parents passed away and um, came into some money. And it was a lot of money. And most of it's been squandered away. And not squandered, squandered, but like brand new car, pay off the mortgage. So the cash flow from that money that came in is gone. That may not be the most efficient way to handle it, like paying off a home. You can create a lot of tax liabilities for children or for your estate when you mismanage it. So we're going to talk about children and grandchildren, estate planning. I know a lot of people in California didn't buy a home, but they live at home. And in the back of their head, that home one day will be theirs. And I'll tell you, it might not. Most Americans haven't saved enough money for retirement. That's a problem. So you're going to see most Americans tap into that equity that they have in their home. Let's go over some other storied ideas. Um, GM posted a lower profit after a recall. The stock is holding that $34 level. Profit tumbling 88%. Now, a lot of that's tied towards a recall. Hopefully they don't have recalls every year. If they do, they're going to go out of business because the respectability and the ability to put our children in those cars will go away. 
they haven't figured out exactly how they're going to compensate 13 deaths tied towards the faulty switches that were known, that were covered up. So how many quarters does it take for them to get in the clear? It's a lot like British Petroleum. You may remember a couple years ago, there was a little oil spill. Took out some dolphins in the Gulf of Mexico, which I'm good with. I don't like dolphins. Nasty animals. But BP recovered from that. Stock went into the tanker, went all the way down to $36. Now today it's at $49. Pretty good return if you were able to buy it during the crisis. Dividend yield as well at 4.7% better than you can get a bank. So sometimes crisis investment is opportunity. I'm not telling you to do it. It's up to you. American Airlines reported some numbers today. They were pretty solid. Um, The airlines are doing well. Across the board, they're doing well. U.S. Air, maybe not as much. Um, Actually, U.S. Air, yes, as much. Um, Because American Airlines merged with U.S. Airways. That merger created an interesting dilemma of... Our Department of Justice looked at it and said, can we let this happen? Can we not let it happen? Can we let it happen? Can we not let it happen? And ultimately, I think our Congress let down the consumer, but pushed ahead with an industry that was struggling and helped it. Now, today, the airlines are a lot more like train companies. They seem to serve their area, and there's not a lot of overlap. The amount of traffic out of Oakland and San Jose has dropped significantly. You can still get cheaper flights out of Oakland and San Jose, but it's dropped significantly. Your odds of multiple flights to choose from. Big story of the day in my world, Zynga. CEO I hated, Mark Pincus. First of all, he just looks smarmy. And then when the company was private, he would do things like grant stock options and take them away. There's basically everyone that I know who's worked with him has disliked him for his management style. He brought Zynga Public, a company that made Farmville. They sold virtual cows. And he's never been able to re- replicate that success. He bought Words with Friends for an egregious amount of publicly, public money in the shares of Zynga. He's always, in my opinion, behind the curve. And he you know, hired a CEO to take his place, and he was going to be the chief product manager. And less than a year now, he's decided not to do that. So ultimately what this guy did was come up with a game, which was kind of a stolen concept to begin with, get revenues jacked, sell it to the Wall Street bankers, Wall Street bankers sold it to you, and he walks away with hundreds of millions of dollars. It's egregious. I'm not big for spitting on people. I'm not. But in my mind, he's, the, he's what hurts the industry when you're talking about publicly traded companies. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Sears XM, uh, they joined the ranks of a company that's pretty solid. Revenues rose 11% to $997 million, almost a billion dollars. They say they're on track for a billion dollars. Um, four for four billion dollars, excuse me, by the end of the year. They're $94 million. They've done a massive buyback as well. So at one point in time, this company owed so much money, they, they weren't going to survive. Because they were owed money, and they were losing money. And they benefited from the lower interest rates a lot. Grandma and Grandpa didn't have money in the bank, but they did. Facebook's got something that's set on their sites called private content. And it's some of the instant messaging relationships that you have with either WhatsApp, Facebook's texting each other. Snapchat, they wanted to buy for $3 billion. Instagram now has a messaging function in it. So it's private conversation, and it's a multi-billion dollar opportunity. So it's an ecosystem that's growing quite quickly, and you're going to start seeing advertisements in it. So if you're talking about, if you have a private conversation with your spouse, you know, honey, last night was fantastic. You were, you know, you were so romantic you may start getting, like, ads for roses or dinner restaurants from your text messages. I don't know how you feel about that. It's got me a little freaked out. 
Um, less is more in my world of social. Not, I don't know about yours. So, big time story in the Wall Street Journal from last week. I finally got around to you know digesting it. Story about a 70-year-old man who used to be a software engineer in Silicon Valley. And now he basically is poor. Um, most of his meals, he eats $1.20 orders of eggs or fish, patties at McDonald's. He was a software engineer. At a time, it was great to be a software engineer. The San Jose, Santa Clara homeless population is about 7,600 people on any given night. That's the fifth highest amongst major metro areas. It edged up. About 46% of homeless people in San Jose, Santa Clara are living on the streets for the first time. 48% previously rented or owned a home. 40%, uh, you know, we have all these banned behavior issues. But incomes and rents and home prices have soared. You know, Stanford University, average rents increased 34% in the past five years or near, you know, Santa Clara. Average rent in the last five years, up 34%. Um, so household income, if you want median household income, um, is $90,000 in Silicon Valley. That's 75% above the national figure. San Jose, it's considered poverty for a family of four to be living off $77,000. So people are losing homes and they're becoming homeless in the Bay Area. Um, homelessness is kind of a hidden side of Silicon Valley. If you haven't looked into it, look into San Jose homeless camps. Uh, it's huge. It's kind of a park lifestyle. So it's from lack of savings is what's pushing people from Silicon Valley software engineers we have to, as a nation, get serious about saving money. Big event coming up this weekend. We're going to be talking about wealth and income from one to four, aligning your retirement goals with your estate plans. In the morning, I'm going to be talking about 20 Steps to Financial Freedom. Almost your last chance to sign up for it. Time's running out. You can sign up at the, for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's Saturday, the 26th. Hope to see you there. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. A lot of fascinating things out there. For instance, I see American Airlines has a market cap of $17 billion, and they got $10 billion in cash. And every flight I get on seems to be jam-packed full of people. Speaking of fascinating people, let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. How are you, Mr. Burton? Doing well. Not, not feeling too fascinating today, though. Oh, come on. Sleep. <laughs> you and your sleep. Mortal. <laughs> or lack thereof today. The other night I had less than an hour and I still performed. Yeah, those are tough at, days, huh? At the end hour. of the show, at the end of the show, I got a golf clap. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a long one tonight because I got to prep for that event on Saturday. Um, you'll be at Burling Game. You're gonna be running the one to four event. Uh, what's the primary focus of what you're gonna be talking about? Well, in, in the morning when I talk, um, you obviously run most of that session, but. I'll actually go through, uh, you know, most of people's assets before they need to hire any kind of financial advisor. They need to max out their 401k, max out their Roth IRA. You'll talk about budgeting and insurance issues like that. But I'm going to talk about how people should really go about looking at the choices inside their 401k because this is where a lot of mistakes are made where people go pick the funds that are doing well right now instead of picking the funds that are on sale. So I'll talk about that and also just how to do rollovers. Um, I was just helping a friend do a rollover from an old 403B where they were a nurse to um, the new plan where they work now, which is a 401K. 
And they actually got the wrong advice. They called in and said, can I roll my 403B to my new 401K? And the first person they talked to said no. She asked me about it. I said, that's not the case. We called back, got somebody else on the line, told them exactly what was going on. So, you know, people get confusing answers. And rollovers are supposed to be easy. Uh, so talking. talk about really how to do that rollover, um, give them some steps to, to go about. Because one of the first things you want to do to get organized is get your accounts consolidated so you can keep an eye on your asset allocation. I was talking with a secretary here at the television station, and we, our company got bought out recently, and they changed 401K plans. And she's like, can I switch my 401K to a Roth IRA? Because that sounds good, not paying taxes. I'm like, you could do it. You'll probably go to jail. You could try to do it. And uh, it, it's it's stunning how much of a lack of financial education literacy yeah. there is. So. Well, it's odd because there you can actually do in-plan 401k regular uh, accounts into in-plan 401k Roth conversions. Right. So there are most plans aren't allowing that yet because they're allowing Roth contributions into the 401k. Um, but what people get caught on all the time is they'll do a IRA or a 401k conversion to a Roth. Right. And they think, oh, okay, there you go, and, and you're done. But you have to pay the taxes out of another account. You have to have a lot of cash on the sidelines in order to do Roth conversions. That's why they typically only make sense for people that are, you know, between the age of retirement and age 70 and a half, which I talked about, and I'll talk about the event in, in the evening, how Roth conversions from a period of when you retire at age 70 and a half are key. And for wealthier people that are trying to leave a tax-free legacy to their heirs, Roth conversions continuing on throughout their retirement um, by managing their tax bracket. So in other words, I look at a lot of people's tax returns in retirement. They have IRAs because you know, maybe they're lucky, they're wealthy, they have an IRA that they aren't, aren't really going to use. So they want to leave it to their kids or even better, their grandkids. And they can convert maybe still another 30000 each year and stay at the same tax bracket because there's such a wide range at each, each tax bracket. Um, and their kids are at a higher bracket. Their grandkids are at an even higher bracket, so why not convert a little bit each year? And then if you leave it to your family, they can enroll it into an inherited Roth IRA and stretch out tax-free earnings for the rest of their lives. It's a pretty powerful tool. Okay, so back to the event. You're speaking in Burlingame 1 to 4 o'clock, talking about some income strategies, some estate planning, how they coincide with each other. One part of estate planning is charitable giving, and it took me in late in life to later in life for me to really grasp charitable giving. I like doing charity work, but charitable giving is a different concept. Tell me a little bit more about family management of charitable giving of your estate. Well, yeah, and it's it's so powerful because I think anybody that um, you know does significant amount of giving will tell you that they tend to get back more than what they give. It's just kind of one of those I don't know, call it the Oprah Winfrey secret book. I don't know, but um, it, it, it just rings true throughout all the people that I've worked with in, in the you know, 21 years I've been doing this, it seems like the more they give, the more wealth is created somewhere else. Right. And so one of the things that you can do is just look at overall family tax bracket management. And let's go back to the IRA, for example. Let's say you've got an IRA. You don't really need to use it. You're taking your required minimum distributions out each year. Um, and you could, A, convert it to a Roth and leave it to your kids, or even better, you've got a charity or a church that you really want to benefit when you pass. Leave the IRA to that charity. They won't pay any taxes on that money. And then what you do is you can take basically the minimum required distributions that you're going to have to take out each year and send that to what's called an islet or an irrevocable life insurance trust that buys life insurance on you and your spouse that pays off when the second one passes. And an equal amount of life insurance that equals the amount of the IRA will go to your kids totally tax-free, free of the state taxes, no state income taxes, no federal taxes. It's one of the few times when permanent insurance for, makes sense. 99% of the population, buy term and invest the difference. Wealthy people can look at some of these other strategies if they're really trying to maximize the benefits to their charities and maximize the benefits to their kids. See, I'm going to outsmart you. I'm going to make so much money in my career that I'm going to cryogenically freeze myself and come back to life and thus give the charitable giving to myself. No, it's, you know, you're just going to end up like a head in a jar, like in Futurama. <laughs> that, that's I would I wouldn't mind that. 
<laughs> With that said, it's CFP Chad Burton. Listen to his shows daily here on KDOW from 1 to 2. Also, know that he's going to be running an event Saturday from 1 to 4. Wealth and income aligned retirement goals with your estate plan. Double tree by Hilton Hotel. You can learn more about this event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's a very, very powerful. It's only $5. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.